Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so... <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting-greedy podcast here. Been seeing you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. It's Wednesday, February 15th, and you know it's much, much better than Valentine's Day. Although I'll say I had a had a really nice Valentine's Day uh, yesterday with my wife. Had an incredible dinner. Good stuff. I'm sure Dalton was the same. But listen, Dalton, better than Valentine's Day, better than cards, better than chocolates and all that nonsense. Corpo Valentine's Day is being back with you, my stat nerd buddy, talking about all 32 teams at hyperspeed. Dalton, what's going on, man? Doing well, Harmon. Um, not much going on. It's been a while since I talked to you. Uh, is is there any 49er that you didn't interview on Super Bowl uh, Radio Row? I appreciate all your hard work you were doing there. And uh, um, yeah, it was a great Super Bowl and ready to talk some, uh, some, some fantasy football for you. With producer John in the background before we started recording, already trying to get me fired up with saying that his, uh, his remodel guy is a Niner fan and he wants anyone to start Betray Lance next year. But we won't get on that diatribe here. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure we will get into it when we get into the 49ers section of this show. Uh, the premise of this show, by the way, uh, is essentially we're going to outline the biggest question that is existing heading into the offseason for all 32 teams here. Um, Dalton, I don't know if you ever get this, but well, you probably don't because I know you you do other sports here for Yahoo. But every now and again, I'll get somebody asking me like, well, what do you do in the offseason? Well, first of all, uh, I am one of the idiots that was like, you know what? I-, I wrecked my life enough during the season. Let me start a whole nother business that takes up like a ton of time where I'm charting wide receivers. So let me ruin my life. Let me make sure I ruin my life uh, with reception perception for the rest of the year. But also like the NFL has done a great job of making sure that you can never not pay attention to it. Right. So there, the off season is super busy as well with free agency, with draft, with coaching intrigue, with all this stuff. So Every team has like one major question, I think, to to answer, whether it's about the organization overall, whether it's about the offense. So that's what we're going to set out to do uh, on this show, Dalton. I'm, and I'm pretty damn excited about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm a little bit in baseball mode, but definitely I, I have thoughts uh, uh, for sure. But also, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say love the new love the new haircut, by the way. Oh, it's like a lack of haircut, really. Um, I, uh, since uh, since buzzing the hair, uh, it's like the most freeing thing I've ever done. For sure. Um, it's pretty incredible uh, to just be done with it and to not have to think about my hair and um, just take the hat off and instantly be uh, instantly be completely cool. Um, it's good stuff. I wish I honestly I wish I had done it 
years before. Uh, I wish, I, and even like the like losing your hair or not, it's a it's a good feeling. So there is that. But anyways, let's get down to business here. Let's waste no more time. Uh, just as one little disclaimer before we get started here, there is going to be a ton of uh, <laughs> there's going to be a ton of teams where the main question is who is going to play quarterback. Uh, for those teams, I did just try to provide like an additional question for the for those squads or like something that's going to be impacted by the quarterback decision, so that we didn't spend like for every single team to be like, well, who's going to play quarterback? I don't know. Let's get into it. So uh, let's start here. We're going to go from the worst record to the best record in the NFL. Start with the Chicago Bears here. And I think the big question with them, Dalton, is just what do they do with the number one pick? Do they keep it? Do they trade it? Um, I, I did see Jason Lockenfora this this morning spe- saying that like the speculation from the Senior Bowl, the expectation from the Senior Bowl is that they're actually going to deal Justin Fields even though other reports have contradicted that. We'll see who ends up being right in the end. My guess is that they keep fields, but I'm not quite sure what they do with this pick. But I do think that that's going to dictate how they approach like stacking the deck for fields or not stacking the deck for fields as we head into 23 here. Yeah, and there's a big fantasy football ramifications. Right now, I'm debating to rank Justin Fields as my number four or my number five fantasy QB with Joe Burrow, you know, who's the second most valuable player in the NFL. And we're talking about does Fields even, is someone, are they going to draft someone to overtake his position, possibly, you know? So pretty funny in that aspect. But uh, assuming Fields stays in Chicago uh, and he runs similarly to last year, he's going to be a fantasy beast. And um, sticking with the Bears quickly, I noticed that uh, doing some early rankings because I'm a sick go uh david montgomery i believe is an unrestricted free agent so yep. like khalil herbert i'm like whoa i have him as a top 25 uh fantasy back right now on my board he could be a monster if he gets that job to himself i mean certainly i can move him up even higher yeah i think so and i think they will remain a run focused offense you know justin Fields said on this very show uh i he like was kind of like i don't really want to be rushing for a thousand yards again when him and eckler and we're, were were talking about that um, so I, I do think it'd be great if like a actual running back like Khalil Herbert could step up and be that guy. I think they'll probably add to that backfield as well. I also think they will add a piece to the wide receiver room. I know that like Bears fans are trying to find a way to get their version of AJ Brown to Justin Fields as Jalen Hurts. I don't know that that player exists out on the open market. They're certainly not in free agency this year. I don't think there's a guy that's going to come in and make necessarily that big of an impact in the NFL draft, and you're certainly not going to take him with the first overall pick, regardless if that player existed or not. So then then you're just kind of like, all right, is there a player that they could trade for? I don't know. So they might roll back into this season with a receiver core that looks like Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney and maybe one other piece added there, which you know is probably not as exciting as most Bears fans think, but still... I think the big intrigue is just basically what do they do with this pick? Do they keep it? Do they trade it? And if they trade it, what assets do they get to help them build that offense around fields? Because it desperately, desperately needs uh, more juice added to it. Let's move on to the next team here, Houston Texans. This is one of those teams where it's like, okay, well, who's going to play quarterback for them? But uh, also, you know, what, what about the pass catchers beyond Nico Collins, right? Like Collins, I think, is the one guy that you can pencil in. As a starter for this team, Brandon Cooks, I think, probably moves on. Uh, John Mechie, you know, he missed his entire rookie season with leukemia. He might be back in the mix here in in what would be his second season. But beyond that, like, I think it's kind of a blank slate at the wide receiver position and the tight end position as well. Yeah, not much to say here other than who's going to play quarterback and, and throw the ball to to our guy, Nico, who hopefully uh, is a, a breakout candidate to be sure. You look at his 
uh, yards per catch and yards per target, it's clear that he's uh, would benefit from an upgrade at the quarterback position, which they will uh, likely get, even if it's a, a rookie. What they got last year from from our guy Davis Mills our was guy. not great. <laughs> was not great at all. So, uh, but yeah, there's not much to say here once we figure out who until we figure out who's playing quarterback. Yeah, I do think they've got an interesting coaching staff being built up there. Uh, obviously, you know, poaching more of your Niners. I mean, my God, has any coaching staff just been totally raided more than the 49ers over the last like two to three years? Uh, they're building something there for sure in Houston. And if they get the right guy at quarterback, I think they could be a pretty exciting uh, operation there from an offensive perspective because we like Damian Pierce as a running back as well. Yeah, we do. And you're right now. He's poaching some guys on offense to uh, there and that coaching staff. So absolutely an intriguing team moving forward. Arizona Cardinals here at number three. <laughs> My question was just like, what is this team going to be in 2023? You know, they hired Jonathan Gannon. That's been official now, the defensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles. I was looking over that depth chart yesterday, Dalton, and it is it's weird. You know, we don't expect Kyler Murray to to start the season healthy. Um, they have a lot of veterans there. You know, they did a big deal for James Conner. They did a big deal for Zach Ertz. You imagine those two guys are there. They could trade DeAndre Hopkins, but then that would still leave like Robbie Anderson and Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore, for, you know, this rail thin, tiny receiving core there. And then on defense, don't even get me started with what that uh, depth chart looks like on defense. So, I mean, the big question here with the Cardinals is like, I know it's kind of not very, uh, narrowed down it's pretty open-ended it's pretty wide view but like just what is this team going to be in 2023 yeah a ton of question marks new coaching staff kyler murray even admitting it may not he may not return until the middle of next season deandre nice. hopkins a major major trade candidate um marquise brown was getting a ton of targets whenever hopkins was off so his fantasy value will depend on d hop's return or not and trey mcbride showed real life down the stretch so maybe he was worthy of that higher draft capital so a lot of, you know, some interesting pieces there, but just depending on if Hopkins gets moved and who plays quarterback, possibly up to the first half of the season, that'll certainly limit the fantasy value of some of the pass catchers there. And then also when Murray does return, how, how much fantasy value is there if he doesn't run as much as before? I got a pretty good laugh out of, um, uh, you know, a bunch of folks on my timeline sharing the video of Kyler Murray, like riding on a bike and doing all this stuff and being like, Kyler Murray looking pretty, pretty good six weeks out of surgery. And then our guy, actually our guy, Edwin Porras, saying like, <laughs> Kyler Murray looking exactly where he should be six weeks out of surgery. <laughs> like, it's just so funny with all of the, the rehab videos, stuff like that. But yeah, I think the Cardinals could just be a very weird team in 2023. And, you know, the Jonathan Gannon hire, uh, you know, we don't know what they're going to do from an offensive side of the ball. Just a lot of open-ended uh, questions there for the Arizona Cardinals and not a lot of exciting answers for them uh, this upcoming season. Indianapolis Colts, can Shane Steichen get young stars and, you know, slash guys who were kind of letdowns in 2022, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, can can he get these guys back on track? Obviously, there's a quarterback question for this team as well. Uh, Jim Mersey's out there just basically saying, oh, yeah, we're getting a young quarterback here. That's my Jim Mersey impression. It's, it's not very good. But, uh, you know, he, he's talking about Bryce Young, the kid from Alabama, looks pretty good. So I think we can expect him to go the young quarterback route. But beyond that, I, I don't know about you, Dalton. I like Shane Steichen as a hire here. I liked what the Eagles did on offense, obviously, this year. But I also like how they changed tracks in the middle of the 2021 season to a completely different uh, style of approach than what, what Steichen really comes from, which is more of that like Norv Turner um, deep shot offense uh, and stuff like that. So I... I don't know. I like this hire a lot, and it's getting me pretty excited, even without knowing the quarterback for guys like Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. 
Yeah, was he the one to say that we're going to pass to score points and then run Correct. to win yes. or whatever? Yeah, lo- love that. So, um, and then Alec Pierce was another one of those receivers with uh, higher than 13 yards per reception, but fewer than eight yards per target. So an, uh, an upgrade in, in quarterback there. Uh, shout out to Zach Waxman for the, those tweets. Uh, another guy, a, a candidate for a quarterback improvement. You know, he could yeah. uh, go, go off there. So obviously there's also Pittman um, and even Campbell there. So it's a lot of targets and who knows. Well, Campbell, be a Campbell's a free agent, so he, oh, might, it, okay. he might move on. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I actually wouldn't, okay. wouldn't, be, wouldn't be surprised if we see Paris Campbell potentially follow like Frank Reich and Parks Frazier and those guys to Carolina and maybe be like a slot receiver option for them. They could certainly retain him as well. But um, yeah, for right now, it is just Pittman and Pierce at the top of the depth chart. And Jelani Woods or Jelani Woods had really, really interesting yards mm-hmm. per route run numbers, and he can emerge as a, a tight end option there too. So yeah, another one that comes down to who's playing quarterback here. I will say Jonathan Taylor, love him next year as a bounce back guy. I mean, I've seen him going at the end of round one in some early drafts. He's comfortably my number two uh, fantasy back entering next year. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I think he could be a big bounce back candidate. We also know they have a question on the offensive line too. Ryan Kelly might be a guy that they move on from like higher price player who didn't play as well last year. They certainly have to kind of re um, imagine that identity, but I do like the way that Sykin came out and said, we're going to throw to to score and run to win or whatever. So uh, I do think that the future could potentially be bright for that offense. Obviously we just have to figure out who the quarterback is going to be next team here, Denver Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks have their first round pick as we know in the famous Russell Wilson trade. Uh, how does the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson marriage go in year one slash Dalton? Will there be a year two and beyond for this marriage? Um, obviously there's been some interesting comments from Payton about, you know, Russ's like private quarterback coach and all that stuff, uh, that he says that's foreign to him. That's not how it's going to be. This, this team firmly now has Sean Payton in the center of their universe, not Russell Wilson, like it was last year, but from an on-field perspective, I think the biggest question is just how does that marriage work? Are these guys able to meld together? And can Peyton get Russell Wilson back on track to being like even just like a top 15 NFL quarterback? Yeah, that's absolutely the key question here. It doesn't sound like Russell Wilson was necessarily a Peyton guy, um, but he got a big contract, the coach, and Drew Brees vouched uh, for for Wilson, and obviously Brees and Peyton have a close relationship. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And uh, the other questions are Albert O recently kind of came out and said, yeah, he didn't play last year because of the, the coaching situation. So he I probably will be going back to the well there. I was going to um, say, so, he's, so he is Albert O now, not yeah. Albert Zero for, <laughs> yeah, for now. I know, you're right, you're right. For now, for now. <laughs> <laughs> For now, good call, good call. And then Javante Williams is health, obviously. That, that's yeah. that's the key how he will. But absolutely, it's it's Peyton and Russell Wilson. How will that relationship uh, commence? There were some, obviously, moments post-Nathaniel Hack. It's only two games, so it's, it's not much to get excited about. But I know there will be some people out there that are excited about what Russell Wilson was able to do in those two games uh, to end the season and that maybe he is salvageable. And then we're kind of right back to where we were last year with like, well, how good is, is a guy like Jerry Judy? How good is a guy like Cortland Sutton? I do like what I saw out of Jerry Judy to end last season. He's a guy I could easily be in on this year. If this offense is going to look um, better and more professional, we're, you know, we'll talk about Nathaniel Hackett when we get to the jets, but really, I mean, it's just how bad was Nathaniel Hackett? Was he holding this whole thing back to such a degree um, that now with a guy like Sean Payton, who I think what you want about Sean Payton and giving up a first round pick for a head coach and all the money and all that stuff. What we know is that Payton does design good offense and he's meticulous about details. Uh, so this team should be much better just from an offensive design standpoint at the very least. 
And for what it's worth, I know Russell Wilson's you know mid thirties, but um, I, like a month ago, I read that he uh, he's gonna go back to the lab. I think he put it and try to rededicate and do change some things with his body. And I I kind of inferred he meant he's gonna try to run a little more and maybe get himself mm. in, prepared more to try to re- he re- he's conceding he's conceding that part of what made him a special quarterback in his prime was that elusiveness. So I don't know. I mean, it's also unclear if you can actually make that work. But at least there's the idea of Russell Wilson trying to go uh, to work on that part of his aspect this offseason something maybe worth noting or may, maybe not all right next team up here los angeles rams obviously we know the lions have their first round pick as well my big question for them is can they squeeze one more good run out of this core but and also how much of an eye do they have for the future sean mcveigh is back uh they hire mike lafleur as their offensive coordinator matthew stafford's going to be back cooper cup's coming off injury alan robinson's coming off injury cam Akers finished the year well last year um, and obviously Aaron Donald's a big like specter that hangs over this team as well. But basically, Dalton, everything that could go wrong did go wrong on the offensive line last year. And then like injuries really started to crush this team. Am I wrong to like, I don't know, kind of be a little bit more hopeful, I think, than the general consensus is for the 2023 uh, Los Angeles Rams? selfishly as a Niner fan, I wish McVeigh uh, rode off into the sunset um, and left. But um, assuming Stafford's elbow uh, cooperates, they absolutely can bounce back. I have Cam Akers initially as my RB12. I think that's higher than most now, but he was just the clear workhorse down the stretch. And McVeigh came out and said, we're going to basically, we're not even going to use as many. He want him to be the feature back next year. He was a, he finished uh, last year, the final three games um, in half PPR, he finished uh, first, yeah, top 15 in all three games. Um, yeah, I really think he's undervalued in early fantasy drafts. Um, I, I'm with you. Their offensive line can only get healthier. And uh, obviously, Cooper Cup a whole season. So, yeah, the, the Rams are going to be tough again, for sure. Yeah, I think that, uh, again, I just have a little bit more hope for this version of the team, maybe more than uh, the general consensus. And, you know, maybe it's all like just one last run here in, in 2023. But um, I, I did think it was interesting that Stafford, despite like some of the scarier injuries, came out kind of right away and was like, no, I'm going to be back next year, like regardless of Sean McVay's decision. And then Sean McVay makes his decision to come back and everything like that. I don't know. I think I think the Rams might come into this year a little bit underrated, basically, uh, because of uh, how bad their season went last year and sort of like almost like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, really, when people are like, oh, well, they're going to eventually fall apart because all these picks and all that type of stuff. And, and obviously, they don't have their first round pick. They built their team in such a way that it was Super Bowl and then and then bust, right? And then it was Super Bowl and bust. And I think because of that self-fulfilling prophecy, people might take that next step to just not think that they'll ever be able to bounce back. But I don't know. Again, I have some hope for this team in 2023, and I have some hope for uh, some of these guys uh, on offense here as well. Let's move on to the next team here, Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, this one is who's going to play quarterback. Derek Carr has officially been released. Um, I don't know if you want to chime in on Derek Carr and where you think he might fit best, but I think the biggest question for them beyond who's going to play quarterback for them is, you know, based on that quarterback, whoever they end up getting, we know it's not going to be Tom Brady. He's officially retired. How high can we get on these skill position guys like Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, um, some of these guys like Waller and Renfro who were disappointments last year? And what's the running back situation look like if Josh Jacobs is not brought back? Yeah, I think their only quarterback currently under contract in Vegas is Chase Garbers. Um, so, yeah, who the hell is I, that? I know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> not even Jarrett Studham is uh, is there. Uh, so a lot of options here. 
Um, I'd say Aaron Rodgers, last I checked, was the favorite to, to be mm. uh, to land in Vegas. Obviously, uh, the Jets will, will be competing for that as well. So Josh Jacobs is likely waiting for that uh, domino to, to, to drop too, you know, because he wants to know who's going to play quarterback. So Adams is trying to get Rodgers there. It'd be fun to see Rodgers and Adams back together playing indoors. I mean, that'd be, that'd be nice for fantasy too. So we're just waiting to see who plays quarterback here. Uh, but what a poor job by McDaniels, uh, how he played that situation because it just became inevitable yeah. what Carr was going to do so they just got absolutely zero assets from him how he he played the final month of the year yeah I get it um they were they didn't want to like have him get hurt and then they're on the hook for the guarantees and stuff like that but felt like you know you could have just stuck it out right like you could have stuck it out those last two games and and I don't know the way they kind of dragged Carr through the mud in that whole thing and then also end up yeah they get they get nothing out of it like you can't tell me they wouldn't have got like a Especially because because you pissed off Carr so much, then he has the incentive to be like, well, no, I'm not working with anybody on a trade. Like, just release me and I'll make my money on the open market. Uh, where do you think he might end up fitting best? And he doesn't want to, that team that he's going to land with have to give up assets. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's like it works twofolds there. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't. Uh, where is he going to end up? I forget. Uh, oh, maybe the Saints. Probably Saints. Saints had yeah. some crazy, really. Uh, if you look at their um, underlying stats, they're, they could be a dangerous team. But then again, Andy Dalton wasn't exactly a disaster either, and it'd probably be a reasonable facsimile, basically. But that would be my yeah. early guess: is, is he's going to land in New Orleans? Would be my my guess. Saints had uh, like a framework of a deal done with the Raiders before Carr, uh, who had a no trade clause, completely nixed the whole thing. Obviously, Dennis Allen was the head coach uh, when Derek Carr was drafted. There's familiarity there. I kind of like the Falcons, uh, who, by the way, is our, our next team. So that beautifully transitions. Uh, what a professional podcast this is right here. Atlanta Falcons next team is who's going to play quarterback for them. And obviously, with that quarterback in, in tow, can Drake London and Kyle Pitts take another step? Um, when you look at like the teams like the Saints and the teams like the, the Bucks, who are pretty frequently connected to Derek Carr, those two teams are the lowest in terms of like current available cap space, which I, I know the the Saints can like clear cap space by uh, you know a lot of their little magic tricks and all that type of stuff. The Bucks certainly we'll talk about them a little bit later, but meanwhile the other end of it, the Falcons have a ton of cap space. I don't know that this seemed like a really good Derek Carr team to me. Just and maybe it's selfish because I like Drake London so much and I think Kyle Pitts can bounce back. But if they got a quarterback here in place, like that offense, I think is ready to take off in Atlanta. Yeah, I want to throw some Drake London stats at you. And I had an earlier article about uh, guys ready to make the leap next year. So he finished with a 32% target rate and was a top 20 fantasy wideout in games with Desmond Ritter, despite not scoring a touchdown. Uh, London was also top five all time in targets per route run for someone age 22 or younger. I know you would concur as far as passing the film test. This yep. guy's a real deal. So I have him as my, uh, I think my wide receiver 24 initially. I have him as top 25 wide out next year and uh, certainly open to moving him higher than I am moving him lower. I'm so aggressive on these guys. You're going to live Olave and Garrett Wilson, both in my top 10 too. So it's wow, one of the craziest go. classes, man. We're not talking Dotson. Um, I, I, uh, I, it, it was a really, really impressive rookie wide receiver class. I know you don't need me to tell you that. No, yeah, it was a great class, and I'm glad that you've um, you're kind of with me on Drake London because I think like if you depending on like what stats and metrics you look at, you might not like him as much. And I know just from like a raw stat standpoint, he didn't do what Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave did, but uh, he's just as good as those guys, man. And I think this is not going to excite people when I say it because um, 
like Michael Pittman didn't have the season that I think I or many others expect him to have last year. But Drake London sort of uh, profiles to me as a guy like Michael Pittman uh, in that he's a little bit quarterback proof. And what I mean by that is like, remember, Michael Pittman had his breakout season in 2021 with a guy like Carson Wentz, where he was just winning like deep contested balls all the time. And like, you know, was kind of that style of player. And then last year, again, I know he went down as a little bit of a fantasy disappointment, but he still almost caught a hundred passes because he can be that short, like crossing route receiver as well with a guy like Matt Ryan, who has a pop gun arm. Again, I know that's not like selling the sexiest thing in the world because uh, Michael Pittman didn't have this, like I said, the season that many expected, but I think Drake London could do that too. Like if they, if the, Falcons get a quarterback who is aggressive, who wants to chuck the ball deep a ton. I think he can win in a contested game down the field like that. And also, though, he's so good and so underrated still as like a short route runner, separator against zone coverage on like quick hitting patterns that if they got a guy like Derek Carr who kind of wants to get the ball out quick and wants to be, um, you know, sort of more of a timing rhythm passer, I think Drake London could thrive with that quarterback as well. But you're, so you're skeptical it's Ritter, though, I take it. I, I'm, I just want to. I, I don't know. Don't you think it would be kind of uh, if you're a Falcons fan? I mean, if you're a Falcons fan, like our, our guy Charles Charles McDonald, you're already you're already used to misery, <laughs> so there's that. But if I was a Falcons fan and they just like went into this season with Desmond Ritter, where like I don't think Arthur Smith is on the hot seat or he deserves to be on the hot seat, but it's just I think you could probably try to do a little bit better given the resources that you have available. Like I said, all that cap space, they have a high draft pick and everything. I would feel pretty bummed if if I was a Falcons fan and they just went in with Desmond Ritter. London, Pitts, and even Algier is a pretty nice trio starting yeah. point of skill position players. Yeah, and again, they have so much money that like... Um, I was talking with my buddy James Coe the other day, and he said, like, that's a good, pretty good Juju team. I know that Juju's not that exciting or anything, but like he's the number two wide receiver who run blocks really well as like a tough physical guy this wants to be like this way they want to be like a tough physical run based team so yeah the falcons offense could be i don't know i'm getting i was saying all last year that like no you got to be pretty excited about this offense even if it's not giving you the fantasy juice that you expected i really do think in 2023 they could be the source of of great fantasy value uh the atlanta falcons offense because i like the way that arthur smith designs plays and i like all of these guys here that they got playing really well so yeah i'm glad that you and i will be just drafting the out of drake london uh next year and we're, we can be pretty excited about that that's not going to be one of our uh, our lunch bet guys that's for sure all right Carolina Panthers, let's stay in the NFC South and let's stay on a run of uh, teams here that's just like, okay, basically, who's going to play quarterback for this team? I love the coaching staff that the Panthers have assembled. A lot of, like, you know, guys that could really help a young quarterback develop. Uh, But beyond the quarterback position, Dalton, I do have questions about, like, all right, who are the skill players beyond DJ Moore? Like, who's going to be the running back? I think they need to add to the wide receiver room beyond, like, DJ Moore. I don't think Terrace Marshall is, like, a a starting number two receiver. So, um, I don't know. Panthers offense could certainly be interesting if they get the right quarterback as well yeah i've heard the argument reich has hired like three guys more deserving of the job himself on on his own staff there for the Panthers. i mean but I, I get that but i think reich's a good coach okay all right fair i, I want just someone to throw the ball to dj Moore, man who finally yeah. you know he showed what he could do the second half there i um yeah i just want more of that and some clarity at the quarterback position uh darnold's not it so yeah this is one of those we can move on uh we need to know who's playing quarterback here yeah i would love cj stroud to end up here i think he'd be a really good fit with dj Moore and I kind of think that C.J. Stroud wants to play with D.J. Moore, but that's another question uh, that we can get to later. All right, Cleveland Browns. We know the Texans have their first-round pick after the Deshaun Watson uh, deal. I think the obvious question for the Browns is, will they get a better version 
of Deshaun Watson after like a normal offseason uh, for him. We expected at least to be a normal offseason. You never know with that guy. Um, but it's kind of an auxiliary question there is will they stand pat in the wide receiver room? I think they could upgrade uh, on guys like David Bell and Donovan Peoples-Jones. But yeah, I mean, just basically, I think the bigger question is what version of Watson do they get next year? Yeah, it's the main question, 100%. I believe he was 41st out of 42 quarterbacks or something in EPA what, since when he, once he returned. I mean, it was something incredibly ugly. Terrible, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, the, and the last time we saw him, he was getting 8.9 yards per attempt with a horrible coaching staff without DeAndre Hopkins on the Texans. I mean, arguably the best passer in the league. So a lot changed between then and now. Um, and uh, that can happen with a, with a, you know missing a few few years of professional sports. I'm not going to be drafting him next year. I, I think people no. are going to talk themselves into him and treat him as a top 15 fantasy quarterback. And he is not uh, a top 15 fantasy QB on my board uh, as of right now. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't know, man. I I'd rather Jared Goff easily than, mm. than Deshaun Watson in fantasy terms next year. Well, and I think that sounds crazy just based on like the style that these guys play theoretically, but so much of Watson is still in theory. And also, again, you look at like the weapons that exist in Detroit and the weapons that exist in Cleveland. I, I know that I will talk about the Lions here in a second. I know Nick Chubb's a good running back, like Amari Cooper's a pretty good wide receiver and Joku's a good tight end, but I still think that offense is light on playmakers uh, beyond Watson, whatever he ends up giving you. So that's why I'm not going to be like all in on Watson as well. Next team up here, New Orleans Saints. Obviously, uh, the Eagles have their original first round pick. Uh, my question here is again, this could be another quarterback one, but let's say the quarterback ends up getting settled. My question is beyond Chris Olave, who's going to line up for this team at the non-offensive line spots? Obviously, that includes quarterback, but do they move on from Alvin Kamara this offseason? Uh, is Michael Thomas back on this roster or not? I think they structured his contract now again in a way that they could move on from him. Are they going to get a big-time tight end in here? I think like Chris Olave is the only guy at the skill position spot that you can pencil in or pen, write in pen for next year. Everybody else, I'm not so sure. Yeah, what about um, Rashid Shahid was was fairly I do, impressive. I do like Shahid, yeah. Down yeah. down the stretch. But you look at uh per snap rate, Alave was the guy per per snaps that was on pace for 900 snaps, he's on pace for 110 catches, 1600 yards, five touchdowns. Where Garrett Wilson, my guy, 82 catches, 1100 yards and the same five touchdowns. So, I I mean Alave was as impressive really as any of these rookie wideouts. And now you get you, you assume Michael Thomas re, he restructured his contracts to pave his way out of New Orleans for sure. Yeah. So, man, uh, Alvin Kamara could be staring at a lengthy uh, suspension next year. I have Olave uh, ranked as my number nine fantasy wide receiver entering next year. Big time wheels up. Olave is such a stud, man. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be a really good player for them for a really long time. Obviously, people know I was really high on him coming into the. Sorry, NFL. I didn't answer your question though. Rashid Shahid. No. Sorry, sorry. No, man. Shahid. I mean, no is, one. Yeah. Let, yeah. Throw all the targets to Olave is my answer. That's all to him. <laughs> I do think Shahid's a pretty good player. Like, I think he could be like a John Brown, T.Y. Hilton type of wide receiver uh, as his career develops, which I loved. I love John Brown, his prime. So people know that that's a that's pretty high praise for me. I think Shahid it could be a guy that sticks in this wide receiver room. But again, beyond that, it's just it's totally blank slate here for the Saints. Not blank slate at the skill position spot is the New York Jets, but obviously potential blank slate here at quarterback. That's the big question here for the New York Jets. Who's going to play quarterback? But also, Dalton, what kind of offense is, is Nate Hackett going to design? I liked a lot of the concepts and designs that uh, Mike LaFleur ruled, rolled out there, but uh, he was shown the door, I think, for a lot of different reasons beyond just his actual on-field results there from an offensive coordinator standpoint. 
and really with the Nate Hackett thing, like I, I just don't know what to expect here, uh, unless it's just yet an- yet again another overture from a team to try to get Aaron Rodgers to come play for them. And there are some coaches that really bad head coaches, but are really successful as coordinators. And PFF just put out a graph uh, this past week that was like kind of showing how schemes get people open. Uh, mm, Kyle yeah. Shanahan, the god, was just in an entire tier by himself. Um, man, what a love-hate relationship. I mean, the guy the guy does not throw a challenge flag on the <laughs> most important play of his career <laughs> when the receiver jumps up and immediately says, call hike. I mean, wow. It was such an egregious call. I had to even tweet during it because I scared my kids. Sorry. Um, but but I digress. I, I, I have no thoughts on, on, on that. But that, that, Yeah, I guess I haven't talked to you since then. So, yeah, uh, no. Uh, yeah. Why, why would you challenge a play on fourth down that would result in a first and goal uh, otherwise? I mean, those timeouts are very, very valuable man they're super valuable just drive me absolutely crazy but anyway when inside outside of the game calls uh shanahan is the best and he's awesome but hackett was also surprisingly got this scheme Mm. looked like he was was like oh uh uh-oh there is something here so you get him outside of all the other head coaching stuff and maybe as a schemer he is not so bad and there's something to to look forward to here for the jets and yeah again the quarterback position the big question here i love Brees hall if that dude's healthy he could be a first round fantasy pick yeah and Garrett Wilson. So there's a big seven. Uh, if you look, if you're doing, there's a clear tier one. It looks like to me in fantasy wideouts next year. And then after that, they're going to be all over the place. A lot of people have probably AJ Brown there, but I'm going with Garrett Wilson. This guy just put up an absolute special uh, rookie season. Do you know that he led the league in targets per route run versus press coverage? Uh, Jacob Gibbs tweet. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, he was top five in the percentage of his team's end zone targets. I mean, don't let's not just let's realize that Zach Wilson was a hist- historically inaccurate quarterback, not just bad. It's easy to just lump these guys in. No, no. He was dealing with like one of the worst quarterbacks of the last decade as far as accuracy. And you get him out of there and you get some legit targets in year two. And Garrett Wilson is, you know, he could immediately be a top three fantasy wideout in my in 2023. Oh, yeah, man. You don't have to tell me twice. I, I love Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, in terms of the guys that I did for the reception perception midseason rookie report, he was number one in success rate versus man coverage. Like he's a great uh, separator. And I think that was like kind of like as a route runner, people had questions about that coming into the league. But like he is gr- and, and I think he's really special after the catch. So there's so much more juice to squeeze out of his game for sure. Um, you got to send me this PFF graphic after we're done here. Cause I want to, yep. I want to check that out. Yep. That's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, that I hadn't, I didn't see that. Um, Tennessee Titans next team up here. Uh, question here is can Derrick Henry remain the son of this offense for yet another year? You know, the guy that everything revolves around here uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think it's a, that it's going to be a hotly debated thing in fantasy uh, basically all summer long is like, where do you take Derrick Henry uh, after all, the miles that he's accumulated but are they not just going to run the same damn thing back next year uh it's it's hard to say yeah i just wrote about him and possible guys falling out first round picks from last year possibly falling out this year and and henry's the the questionable one he's going at the back end of first rounds and early fantasy drafts was the number three fantasy back last year per game despite dealing with at times just like the worst quarterback situation um suffered seemingly some mid-season injury where his production fell off but he finished the year with four straight hundred yard games set career highs in receptions and targets. Um, Do you want to fade the big dog? I mean, I don't feel smart about it, but at the same time, are you going to spend a first round fantasy pick on a 29 year old back with 1,750 career carries? I mean, yeah, yeah, he's one of the most debatable players for sure. 
Yeah, I think it'll just be interesting to see if like they add, um, you know, I think they keep Tannehill as the quarterback, and then what kind of pass catching talent do they add beyond um, Traylon Burks? And you know, he's kind of the only established guy they have there, you know. But and if not, it's just going to be a Derrick Henry centric offense, which I think will make a really interesting fantasy debate. Next team up here, Green Bay Packers. Let's just exist in a hypothetical world where Aaron Rodgers is gone. Either he's traded. He's retired. He never makes it out of his, you know, dark cabin or whatever. How do we value these skill position players with Jordan Love? You know, uh, Christian Watson type, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, if Aaron Jones is still around, if AJ Dillon is still in the mix there, um, how do we value these guys on a Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers offense? No idea. We haven't seen much of Love. He's definitely looked encouraging a little bit. We have seen him recently, and boy, he's had some some years to uh, digest the the system. Um, I'm most interested in this uh, because I love Christian Watson, uh, another another last year's rookie receiver. I hope you're sitting down that I'm uh, I'm high on. But um, my my prediction here, I'll say this: Don, I think loves, Don Rod- loves young young dudes, and like uh, I mean, you got no shortage of like great guys from this last class to be totally. excited about. Yeah, totally. No shortage at all. Uh, my prediction here is this. I think Aaron Rodgers is for sure leaving Green Bay. It sounds like to me yeah. uh, they've decided that he may not even be worth the headache anymore with his play. And they have love there, too. So I think they're going to mutually agree. Let's move on. I, I would be shocked if Rodgers returns at this point is what I'll say. So I'm fully expecting and ranking these guys as if Jordan Love is the QB in Green Bay moving forward. Yeah, there was more than a few people that would be kind of in the in the know at, at Radio Row, at least that were like openly saying like they expected Rodgers to retire. So yeah, I think one way or another, he is not back in green Bay next year. And I think, yeah, I was wondering if we were going to be able to do this pod. Cause I know that you were doing your darkness retreat. Uh, how did that go? By the way, how, how did that go? <laughs> Never felt more enlightened in my life, buddy. You know, I feel like I really, I've, I've touched the sun. Uh, yeah. despite all the darkness, I, I feel, uh, yeah. more knowledge, more knowledge than ever. I mean, four okay. days, total darkness, no food. Um, you know, part of like hearing that that Rogers talk about that and everything, and everybody's reaction to it, it's like, okay, you know, it's a little ridiculous. Obviously, the whole darkness thing, but if you could pitch me on, a like I'm alone in a cabin in the woods with no technology, but I still get to eat and like maybe enjoy some bourbon at the end of the day, and I'm unbothered by anybody else, like for four days, that sounds awesome. It's like the darkness, the food, the, I don't know, the whole thing. That part of it's a little weird. Yeah, I get you that part. I'm I'm all about being by myself. Uh, no, no problem there. But yeah, the uh, the whole solitary confinement, being in the hole voluntarily, doesn't doesn't seem seem great. With no music, that was the thing too. It's like no music, no TV. It's like I could get get down with no TV or whatever. But like, I don't know. At least let me Darkness. listen to some. Yeah. 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 So let me put some music on, right? For God's sakes, you're in the mountains. At least like enjoy some Zach Bryan or something like that. For God's sakes. All right. Anyways, let's move on. New England Patriots. Will this offense be a serious operation in a post Matt Patricia world? Yeah, better. Yeah, I've heard people have been making some. They're really coming to defense of Mac Jones and say he was just really done wrong and and, and put in poor situations last year. So I do expect that to be fixed. But uh, it's weird that Belichick ever let a whole season go by to get to get that far in the first place. But yeah, I expect that to be to be uh to be ratified and, and then figure out the, the play calling there because it's really weird when you compare the play action usage with mac jones and even bailey mm-hmm. zappy i have no clue what was going on there there was definitely some frostiness i think between belichick and mac jones and 
Mac Jones and everybody <laughs> seemingly last year, which uh, you know I think could have just be the fact that he knew he was getting set up to fail here with the offensive coordinator situation. It would have been nice if the Patriots like at least thought about maybe going off the friends and family program, but Bill O'Brien's like not the worst solution in the entire world here for this offense. And you know this guy's like Ramondre Stevenson. We certainly care about uh, on this team as well. All right, next one up here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, yet another team who's going to play quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And but beyond that, Dalton. Do they retain like all of their wide receivers and running backs? Like, is is Leonard Fournette back on this team? Is Mike Evans a potential um, trade candidate? I've seen people float that around. I've also seen a few folks say it's actually probably smarter to give him an extension, even if it was a weird year for him last year. Chris Godwin is he back in the mix? Russell Gage is he back in the mix? Uh, Julio Jones set to hit free agency, so uh, a lot of potential questions here beyond just quarterback for this offense. Yeah, it's tough to to rank Mike Evans and Chris Godwin right now, not knowing the quarterback situation. Um, one other Tampa Bay thing I will add is uh, David Zach has a tweet about yards created on running backs every year, and it's uh, it's pretty good. And the guy in the very bottom left hand on that on that graph, meaning the worst in football last year as far as running backs creating yards, was Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, right below Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon. Um, congrats to Gordon getting the ring. Um, but but Fournette was <laughs> hey, bad. I appreciate, I appreciate Melvin Gordon saying like I didn't. He literally said I didn't do. Shit, I got carried. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he was giving great interviews. I like yeah, and I, I liked his attitude too. Um, but yeah, Fournette. Uh, no more Tom Brady dumping off to him. Let's let's move on and uh, absolutely uh, you know see what see what White can do in that backfield. Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back. We'll uh, hit the rest of the questions for all these other teams. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, we're back. Washington Commanders. Again, who plays quarterback for this team? Ron Rivera says that your guy and my dad's guy, Sam Howell, is the QB1, but we need to add a veteran backup to help him grow. Okay, Ron, I do I do not buy for a second. This team is just going to roll in with Sam Howell and a veteran backup to help him grow. No way, because like we said before we started taping, you were like, all right, they they win, or I think it might have been Lord Podcast. Like, they win five games, Sam Howell, like, is the starter all year. R- Rivera's getting fired. So I don't buy this at all. I think there's still an open quarterback uh, question for this team. Also, like, how does the next offensive coordinator uh, want to design the offense? Do they want to go super boomer, run heavy? or Because uh, there's a lot of pass catchers that we like on this team. Yeah, uh, I love Jahan Dotson, too. Uh, but yeah. uh, Sam Howell, honestly, the guy's smarter than me. Uh, Sean Siegel, college person, said that he should have been drafted far higher. You just look at his comps in the past. He should have been drafted in the real NFL draft higher than he was based on his college production. So I'm buying him as a viable possible mm. NFL starter moving forward. Um, again, if I'm wrong, it's Siegel's fault. If I'm right, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I hear what you're saying as far as this team being ready to win now. I actually thought this was a perfect spot for Brady. I mean, this yeah. defense is good. I mean, don't forget this team just dominated that Cowboys team at the end of this year. Uh, they have Dotson and McLaurin and you know, decent running backs in a really good defense. I think that would have been that would have been a good Brady spot for me. But as is, we'll just have to get uh, Sam Howell. 
but I think he'll be fine. We, you know, Hal and Brady, you know, close, close. They're both going to go yeah. down as one of the greatest in NFL history. But right. but I do after um, being underrated in the real NFL draft. I mean, they're basically the same person. I, I exactly love that. What a comp there. Well done, Arm. I didn't even put that together. But uh, but like a guy like Jimmy G may make sense to come yeah. in here. No no question. And look, if I think if they added a Jimmy G type, and you told me like, hey, this is a legit quarterback competition you've got a 50-50 shot at a Jimmy G. I don't know that Jimmy G would come and although he probably should at this point in his career, the guy can't finish a whole damn season anyways. Like you've got a 50-50 shot, Sam Howell, you've got a 50-50 shot. I think that would be an intriguing quarterback competition at the very least. So I think that's a, that would be a possible solution there. I don't think they're like a Derek Carr team. I think if they want, if they legit want Sam Howell to be in the mix, they are probably looking at like a Jimmy G or lower type of quarterback uh, to add here. Next team up, Detroit Lions. Uh, for me, it's just what does Jamison Williams do for this offense? Um, you know, I, I think there's if it's weird that there's like even starting to be sort of the whispers from some folks in fantasy circles. Well, like, why he didn't do anything to end the year? It's like, well, no, ki- no kidding, he didn't do anything to end the year. I think they all kind of viewed this as a red shirt uh, season for Jamison Williams. But um, is he going to be a, a young wide receiver that you're excited about heading into this year? Because <laughs> if he is, I mean, he could be a guy that. Um, really takes a big step forward and maybe elevates his entire offense along with him. It was like his first or second week back from MCL surgery. He was recorded the fastest wide receiver in the NFL that weekend, miles per hour. So yeah, another guy to be excited about entering his sophomore year. So the Lions are definitely going to be hyped entering next year without question. But I want Mm -hmm. you to remember right here on this date, Harmon, that um, I'm all in on this team next year. I have a buddy's bachelor party in Vegas next month and. um, uh, I'm absolutely going to be shopping the lines there. I I, mm. I think it's going to be Niners and, and Lions in the NFC Championship next year. Look, first uh, the first seven games last year they allowed 32 points. The final 10 games they allowed 20.2 points. They have two two picks in the top what 20 this in yep. the draft. I mean, yeah, they don't have a superstar at quarterback, but they're Jamison Williams now. It's like they're getting three top 20 picks, too. So, yeah, yeah this offense is awesome. Uh, yards per play, I believe they were they were a top five last year. So I love the aggressive coaching. Um, right now, they're 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, so if I bet on them, be sure that they'll, they're guaranteed to lose in the Super Bowl. But anyway, <laughs> I, I really like this Lions team next year, man. Again, they're going to be hyped. There's no question about it, but they are absolutely loaded. And I think they, I mean, they went into Green Bay with, with Rodgers's, you know, uh, playoffs on the line and they, and they won that game. And I, I, I think that they're going to be an absolutely a threat to finish as the top seed in the NFC next year. Yep. Um, I think you're right, man. And I forgot you had a Super Bowl ticket on the Eagles. So, uh, sorry, pal. Dude, I had the I had the Phillies to win the World Series. It both would yeah, have paid twenty k, right. and uh, both Philadelphia teams lost in that in that final. Just it's it, yeah. The Eagles knocked out my Niners and then didn't pay off my uh, my bet. Good good times. They also brought back Ben Johnson, that that offensive coordinator. Big big deal. Yep. He's like we have unfinished business here. That guy could have been a head coach. Oh man, this this the the pieces are in place for this Lions team to legitimately be a Super Bowl contender. I love it. I'm I'm pretty much with you there. So uh, I think we're on the same page. Get ready for a lot of Detroit Lions hype uh, from this show and many others uh, this offseason. <sighs> Speaking of hype, I'm really trying to got, not get too excited about this Calvin Ridley thing, uh, Dalton. That The Jacksonville Jaguars are our next team up. And my big question is, what does Calvin Ridley look like for this team? Um, he could officially he did. Officially apply for reinstatement today, February 15th, uh, like this morning. Uh, it's the first day he was el- eligible. He got right to it. Um, we'll see if he is reinstated. I think he probably will be, um, depending on what his, uh, you know, 
what his bet MGM account uh, looked like uh, this offseason. I think he could, he will officially get reinstated. But, um, you know, I, I really wanted to be, like, cautious about the Calvin Ridley thing. And then I went back and watched him, you know, even just in 2021 when he theoretically had a down season. It's like, man, this guy is exactly what this offense needs. So, again, let's live in a theoretical world where Ridley is, like, he's he's in fully integrated. He's in the building all offseason, reinstated all that. How excited can we get about this guy who who has not played football in the better part of two years? Yeah, it's complete unknown now. As we saw, Deshaun Watson struggled so much during his return. Obviously, different positions and different situations. But if he's the Ridley of old, you can be really excited both about him and this entire team. Yeah. I, I really I envision a Lions-Jacksonville Super Bowl next year is a real possibility. <laughs> I, I, I love ETN. Um, Lawrence is just going to be a super, superstar. Uh, that defense is absolutely creating havoc and it's underrated. Um, if, if Ridley is uh, like he was when we last saw him on the NFL field, then, man, I love this, this Jacksonville offense and team next year. Me too. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. They, and I still think they could add like a – big ball winning type of receiver you know to potentially mix in with zay jones throughout the course of their this player's theoretical rookie season and like day two of the nfl draft or something like that i think that would be a good idea for them um hopefully they get evan ingram back in free agency as well that that should be a no-brainer for for everybody involved all right next team up here miami dolphins they don't have long story short for a lot of different reasons they don't have a first round pick <laughs> um i guess the saints currently theoretically own their first round pick now but yeah a lot of a lot a lot going on dolphins don't have a first round pick question here is just can this offense and tua take another step you know i talked to tua on on radio row and he was pretty open with the fact that you know d- despite the risks he's had conversations with his family and like uh you know the, his support system he's going to play football uh he's going to keep going despite the concussion risk stuff like that so you know that's his decision it is what it is uh if he's back in the mix here you know c- can he take another step within this offense can this offense take another step in Mike McDaniel's second year with all the speed that they got there in the skill position group yeah, it all comes down to Tua's health. Uh, the YPA was off the charts. He proved he could throw the ball downfield effectively enough. Uh, Tyreek Hill, it depends on his ranking. I mean, it's a tough It's tough to rank Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and your guy Diggs right now, in my opinion. They're, I mean, you can even say whatever. Jefferson and Chase aren't that much higher either. So it'll obviously come down to Tua's health here if you're, if you're buying in on Hill, who proved he can get it done without Mahomes. But yeah, it's it's a it's obviously an offense with a with a ton of upside and Mike McDaniel's an absolute legend. Yeah. I mean the wide receiver position just like stocked right now. He really We haven't even talked about McDaniel act, vaping in the middle of an NFL playoff game. I mean this is just I, no and everyone just acts like it didn't happen. I mean the man is an absolute legend. That's all. We can just move on. But he's What's your stance uh, on vaping? Shannon. Do you want to get your well, do you want to get your vape stance off yeah, on the <laughs> middle of NFL uh, <laughs> NFL playoff games. That's a real man move right there. I just got to I got to say that. But especially the game that he also got uh, trouble for not getting the play calls in later in the game too. It's pretty it's pr- pretty funny, but uh it McDaniel, is a, four, fun, yeah. a 49ers guy. I uh, love him. I'm not sure how, how much he would have gotten along with Brock Purdy, though. I'm not sure there because they might differ in that in that aspect of their lives. But anyway, <laughs> McDaniel, an absolute legend, the best uh, the best coach other than other than Shanahan. I guess I, I hadn't considered, uh, you know, when everybody's like, oh, Mike, Mike McDaniel was vaping on the sideline. I was like thinking, you know, like like nicotine, but like uh, 
Well, we don't get two interviews, but McDan- McDaniel's but, green no, and sober. I, McDaniel's green and sober. So he's no, he's I know, very I, much. I knew, but I, I, I've forgotten about the fact that he'd said <laughs> yeah. like years ago, he's like, I would never take a coaching job in a state where weed is not legal. Yeah, so. I know. He, and, then, he, and then the fact, and then, yeah, no, wow, I didn't even thought that. Like, no, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 that was not that was not nicotine guy. No, 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 I promise you. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah. And like, no, then no. he can't get the play call in later, yeah. in. it's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, well, I mean, who among us hasn't been you know a little late or forgetful uh, when we're in that uh, state of mind? I mean, yeah, no, I thought it was the funniest thing, and it kind of just came and went. But uh, I, I got Ian Hartitz just did another uh, tweet about a, a nice picture of it. Never forget. And, I, and it, again, it just kind of came and went. But the man's a legend and he, uh, he he's early favorite for coach of the year next year. I wonder if Tua and McDaniel blaze up together. That would be probably not. I don't think. Yeah. Base, I don't think so. Although shout out to Tua for giving me a Subway sub uh, on Radio Row. Always helpful. Thanks. Shout out to you, Tua. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers. Can Kenny Pickett be good enough to elevate this poorly constructed offense? I can't believe that they brought Matt Canada back to be the offensive coordinator here. It's just, I mean, my God, Mike Tomlin. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a great coach, but let's get serious, pal. You're trying to get your rookie quarterback on a developmental path here. You're trying to get the best out of George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, all these guys. And we're back with Matt Canada. Dalton, half the damn league needed a new offensive coordinator, and the Steelers brought back Matt Canada. Unbelievable stuff here. But we do have Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. They're going to run back what I still think is the worst uh, designed offense in the NFL. Can Kenny Pickett be good enough that that stuff doesn't matter? I don't know. I'm not going to underrate that because you chart the stuff more than me. And I think this stuff can be underrated. It's one thing to just say it. And it's another to actually realize how much this could affect. I I think it's an issue bringing back Canada. And I'm probably going to avoid these pass catchers as a result. I mean, Pickett was already a huge question mark as is. I mean, how his age and all that is the one big final year. So, no, man, this is a situation that's not encouraging moving forward. And I could see Jalen Warren take Najee Harris looked pretty good at the end of the year. And you can definitely talk yourself into that. He was dealing with that plantar fasciitis injury all season long. But Jalen Warren was like really, really good too. And if you look under the hood, so I could see a committee in the backfield, bad play calling, and a shaky quarterback. So, you know, outdoor weather. So, no thanks. And yeah. Pickens and Dante Johnson, you know, stealing each other's targets too. I mean, obviously, Dante Johnson's due for some regression in the scoring department, but otherwise, I don't know. This does not seem like a situation to target in fantasy because of the Canada, Canada issue. Yeah, I think I'm going to be full fade on these guys. Even if I like Deontay Johnson a lot as a route runner, he's still like a mistake-prone player who leaves plays on the field. I'm not sure like how good George Pickens really is. I think he will be another hotly debated player in the offseason. Um, if these guys were in a different offensive ecosystem, I could get in on these guys in fantasy, even if I do have questions about Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I was talking to Hayden Winks at the Super Bowl uh, when doing a little thing for Underdog uh, th- this week. And he's like the biggest Kenny Pickett fan in the world. And he's like, yeah, like, I think he could be the like be the 19th best quarterback in the NFL. It's like, oh, that's that's really exciting. Uh, So, like, I think the ceiling is just very low for this offense. And it's probably going to be a situation to avoid. And let me remember that. Let me remember that when it comes to August draft time, because I know Deontay Johnson is going to be a guy that I'm interested in because I really like the player. But all right. Seattle Seahawks. Big question here, and it's pretty simple. We can be fast on this one. Are they able to retain Geno, and can Geno stay hot? Because if he is, there's a lot to like about this offense. Yeah, there is. And I've done underrating Metcalf and especially Lockett. I will rank them uh, respectfully this year. Really good player, especially Lockett, man. There was another graph showing like the respect DBs give to uh, to the opposing receivers. And, and Lockett was like in a class of his own. It's crazy. He, he's he's awesome. Oh, uh, love it. Um, 
And uh, yeah, Gino, Gino, eh, he's kind of dropped off a little the second half, but then the the multiple touchdowns were just seemingly every week there for him. So uh, yeah, great, great story with him and, and hopefully he gets paid. Yeah, I mean, you're just on fire with the graphs, bro. Uh, that's a good one too. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll ease up on the graphs. Right, no, so no. Check, your, in, check it... your inbox. I sent I you saw, the, the no, Shanahan I just, one. I just, okay. I just saw it. Okay. No, this is good okay. stuff. You, you're you're yeah. uh, you're better at keeping up with the the good tweets than I am. That's for sure. Uh, all right, next one up here. Well, New you're York too Giants. busy interviewing NFL superstars, so uh, you, you, you get a pass. I mean, not not on a normal basis. I don't know what the hell I'm doing on a normal basis. Uh, but anyways, all right. Next team up here, New York Giants. Again, this is one we've talked about a lot. We're going to continue to talk about a lot. But I think, obviously, the big question for this team is how do they approach the Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones contract situations? Which one of these guys are they going to franchise? Uh, which one are they, are they able to retain both? Are they only able to retain one? Um, it sounded like the GM was much more interested in making sure that they retain Daniel Jones. But does that mean Barkley, who's kind of like the heart and soul of the team, kind of the heart and soul of the identity of the offense, does that mean he just hits free agency and walks? I think that's kind of hard to believe, too. Yeah, and I'm really curious what they what they do with the receivers. We got Robinson returning and Hodgins impressed at times, but they could really use an upgrade here big yeah, time. Slate, I think. And yeah, but I, I think they, they they bring back Jones and Barkley would be my expectation. And um, the way that Daniel Jones ran, ran the football last year, he simply has to be treated as a top 10 fantasy QB moving forward. And um, yeah, there's even so, I'm debating him, right? I have him back to back with Justin Herbert, which might surprise some mm. people. I know they have a big upgrade at offensive coordinator there, but I mean, Herbert, I, I I get it. I love him too, but he got 6.8 YPA last year and Daniel Jones ran like crazy. I actually think there's an argument who has more fantasy value moving forward, but Herbert again is going to get much better play calling theoretically yeah. too. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the chargers. My, my prediction uh, for 2023 is that all of Dalton's fantasy teams will look like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, and then Daniel Jones at quarterback. Yeah, that's pretty. That's well, all I the mean, twenty-three Dalton yeah. teams. There might be a sprinkle of Lance or two, maybe in there. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> you're. La- we'll, we're we're gonna get the 49ers. You're, <laughs> I, you're. That would went without saying. Your last yeah, okay. round pick in every draft is definitely gonna be Trey yeah. Lance. I like. I think he's gonna cost a last round pick. This is great. This is <laughs> not even trying to troll me. You just naturally said that. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, okay, yeah. just easily comes out. All right, next team up here, Baltimore Ravens. How does the Lamar situation play out and how does the offense evolve with Todd Monken at the helm? I love the Todd Monken hire here for the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was past time for Greg Roman, who did a lot of good things for this team. Um, You're a Niners fan. You know this with Greg Roman. It's like he gets you to a certain place with these mobile quarterbacks, but it taps out because he spends so much time designing a great creative running game that the passing game and the passing design kind of goes to rot. I'm excited to see what Lamar looks like in a different offense and it's cool to know that Todd Monken could be the play caller for Georgia last year and they could run the ball more than they pass the ball. So that makes sense here for the Ravens. But you think about some of those Todd Monken passing games in the NFL, like with the Bucks, I think with the Browns one year, they were throwing the football and throwing it aggressively downfield. Um, I think they need like one veteran receiver. Like let's see Jacoby Myers to the Baltimore Ravens. And then they've got Mark Andrews. They've got Rashad Bateman coming back. Devin DuVernay potentially coming back with Lamar in this offense. I think it could be really fun and a source of fantasy value. Yep. One uh, receiver added and good health. And this offense is cooking with gas. I mean, uh, 100% there. It all comes down to Lamar Jackson's returning healthy. Um, add in, you said Bateman. I'll, I'll even throw at you, J.K. Dobbins playing on one leg. True, really yeah. Impressed at times. I mean, he he looked like he could. I mean, that backfield's been a mess for two years running now. So a healthy Dobbins would, would really be helpful there. Um, so yeah, it all comes down to, to Jackson's health and, uh, hopefully the, the addition of a receiver either via the draft or free agency. 
yeah, uh, Lord Podcast just slacked me and suggested they'd love to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. The thing with the Ravens, and I, I think that's definitely possible. A couple of reasons I don't like it as much is, one, I think Lamar has shown he's so much better as a passer over the middle of the field, even taking deep shots over the middle. Um, and I think Bateman could be that guy, but I also think like Jacoby Myers, natural fit there. And the Ravens always seem to make, they make two receiver moves. They either draft guys in the first round, they get young guys, or when they get veterans, they always get them on like the back nine of their career. You know, um, obviously this is before Lamar's time, but you know, Steve Smith, uh, Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, these type of guys. Like, let's get Lamar a guy who's squarely. I know Jacoby Myers is not the ex- most exciting player in the world, but I'm a big fan uh, relative to expectations. Get a guy that's like kind of squarely in the prime of his career and still ascending. Um, even a guy like Juju wouldn't be the worst thing in the world here for the Ravens. Like, let's get a guy like that at that age rather than like a guy who might be here for one year and and trailing off like Hopkins. Although I'm not 100 percent sure how I feel about Hopkins, but like, you know what I mean? I want the Ravens to get like that type of wide receiver. Yeah, with Monken, absolutely. This could be real good potential here if uh, if we get all these guys healthy, hopefully. All right, next team up. Uh, you mentioned Justin Herbert. Los Angeles Chargers are next here. Um, for me, it's just what happens in their wide receiver room and their offense overall with Kellen Moore. Um, I didn't get to ask uh, Eckler what he thought about like the Keenan Allen potential cap casualty rumors and stuff like that. Um, I meant to ask it, but I didn't didn't find a, a way to do it during the show uh, or afterwards. But basically, like, yeah, what does this wide receiver room look like, and what does the offense look like with Kellen Moore overall? Yeah, totally. This uh, it should be an upgrade. More was not the problem in Dallas, in my uh, estimation. Uh, I thought he was actually uh, a plus. So um, I think it's going to benefit Herbert's career. And uh, like I said, really a disappointing YPA last year for a guy who can yeah. sling the football that that good downfield. Obviously, his receivers were were injured, and hopefully, hopefully we can get the you know Allen back to full health because even down the stretch he was he was gutting it out there uh, dealing with yeah. uh, pulled hamstring. I think if they get just one more guy who can really get a ton of separation, has speed on the outside, and they bring back Keenan Allen on some sort of a restructured contract, um, they have Mike Williams there, Josh Palmer, whatever. Um, you know, yeah, because they were counting on Guyton to be that guy last year right. who went down early. Yeah. But they like they need a better version of Jalen yeah. Guyton, you know, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So I think that would really just open up the entire offense, and I think potentially could really get something good going here with Kellen Moore and these guys. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, they're our next team here, and the question here is just: Do they add more juice to their pass catching core? You know, talking with Ceedee Lamb at Super Bowl week, he's pretty excited about the Mike McCarthy thing. That's nice. Uh, he was also pretty bullish on the fact that like Michael Gallup was just never healthy last year. He had a surgery right after the season was over uh, to go clean things up there for him. So I think they need, and you know, Tony Pollard's a free agent dealing with an injury. You know, is Zeke done in Dallas? Dalton Schultz also a free agent as well beyond CD lamb. And I guess Michael Gallup too, like there's pretty much an, an, a blank slate here for the skill position group around Dak Prescott. Yeah. The huge question for fantasy is, uh, does Zeke did say he's willing to restructure his contract? That's bad news for fantasy managers, hoping Pollard would get uh, attempt at that. Mostly to himself. Of course, he wouldn't be a true workhorse, but man, Pollard was impressive when on the field this year. And then, of course, he suffered the injury in the playoffs. So Dallas's backfield is definitely the key uh, to fantasy managers to watch over the offseason. And then, man, Lamb really came on strong at the end last year, and he proved he yeah. could be that alpha we all hoped. And again, again, he's right there in a debate between Tyreek Hill, Adams, and Diggs. For me, he's right in that group. Next one up here, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, my question here is just, it's it's actually this offense is, uh, you know, 
is pretty well set up. The one question I have here is, is Joe Mixon moving on? Uh, he's a guy that they could get some salary cap relief for. They got to start thinking about extensions for Burrow, for Chase, for Higgins, who's going in the last year of his deal. Um, and Mixon, obviously, uh, you know, is an aging running back on a high contract that they were giving, you know, Samaje Piran big time snaps to. So have we seen the last of Joe Mixon in a Bengals uniform? P. Ryan played 20 more snaps than Mixon during the last time we saw them during a playoff game. And maybe partially that was due to the legal issues Mixon was uh, dealing with only revealed yeah. later. You know, that happened earlier that week. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it would make sense for, for I would expect him to possibly move on. And then obviously it just depends where he lands. Mixon feels like he's been in the league forever, but still just 26 years old. And obviously, if they ended up being a team to use like a day two, even day three pick at running back, that would be a player that we're all really interested in in fantasy. Big time. Um, you know, as a, I like Samaje Piran, sort of a complimentary back to that player. I think that we'd all be really interested in them for sure. And all right. quick question here, quick question. Now, do you think Higgins was playing banged up at the end of last year? The answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Or is Chase just emerged as the true alpha? And I, I stopped, you know, backing off. They should be ranked closer to each other at the end. I mean, there's an argument Chase should be ranked number one this year, even ahead of, of Jefferson with how he finished the year and the fact, you know, he has Joe Burrow throwing him the football. Uh, I think I really like T. Higgins as a player, but I think Jamar Chase is much, much, much better uh, from an okay. overall receiver standpoint. Uh, so I do think like Chase, yeah, is the true alpha. But I think that there will be like, here's the deal. Like, I think there will be times where the target tree is really close between the two because like T. Higgins is a damn good player. You know what I mean? So like there will be times where, Think about like when Diggs and Thielen played together um, in uh, in Minnesota. Like there were years where Thielen was ahead of Diggs. There were years where Diggs was ahead of Thielen, or and then it were, there were times where it was really close. And I think Diggs was always the much much better player, and he had a season much much better than anything Adam Thielen ever did once he got to Buffalo, which. Like that could happen, you know, in a theoretical world where Chase and Higgins ever break up, although I don't know if that will ever happen. But yeah, kind of that's I just think there will be times where these guys are very close and there will be times where the gap uh, exists. But from a player standpoint, I do think Chase is much better. Fair. Speaking of the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I have to say it's a beast. I wanted. Yeah. That, I, yeah. No, yeah. I, I really might rank Chase number one next year. I love he, it. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he's going to have like a really special season. I mean, not that his he hasn't been great already, but he could have like an eruption season like Jefferson had last year pretty much any time. Uh, speaking of Justin Jefferson, speaking of all those receivers that we were just talking about, Minnesota Vikings, um, is it time to consider another option at wide receiver two behind Justin Jefferson? Look, we love Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is great, but there were definitely times last year where it's like, look, if defenses took him away or defenses limited him, this offense would too often go in the tank. I like TJ Hawkinson as a compliment, but um, they're definitely a team that, uh, despite having Jefferson, I think could really stand to benefit adding a secondary threat there at the wide receiver position. Yeah, it feels like Osborne's a better uh, wide receiver three. And Hawkinson's maybe getting too many targets, especially when you look at how much the team struggles after the mm. struggles running the ball after trading for Hawkinson. So I'm not sure how actually beneficial that all those targets to, to a tight end like Hawkinson are really for the Vikings. Certainly helpful for fantasy managers at that position. But um, I'm with you. They could use an upgrade at wide receiver two. It appears that Thielen is on the back end of his career. Yeah. Really good player, but I definitely think has lost a step at this point, Adam Thielen. Uh, you're 49ers here, Dalton. Look, the question is, who's going to play quarterback for this team? And I think beyond that, if Trey Lance is the quarterback for this team, and I'm with you, we were talking about this before the show, that I think like Trey Lance has become so hated, really, for no reason. And I, know, I get that he's a big unknown, 
But good dude, I mean, good dude, really gr- enjoyed talking to him at Radio Row as well. I told you, and I told a few other people, jumped off the back of the Yahoo stage, so that must be a good sign for the ankle. Love that as a, as a very big-time medical check by me. Um, but if it's Trey Lance as the quarterback for this team, are they going to let him run like the Brock, Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo style of offense? Because I don't see any reason, unless he just can't play quarterback, why he can't do that. Yeah, it's a total unknown now. Who knows with Purdy's health? I mean, it's elbow. Is he ready in four months? Is it seven months? Um, all I know is that uh, there's been a lot of tra- Trey Lance hate, and it's driving me a little bit nutty. He's a, he's younger mm. than 11 of the top 14 projected quarterbacks in the 2023 draft. Trey Lance has thrown 420 passes since high school. That's 2017. He's attempted 420 passes on a football field. I mean, Kenny Pickett attempted like 400 last year at a half rookie season. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I mean, whatever he's done is is apparently not impressed uh, the NFL world, and they're ready to to move on, including a lot a lot of the beat writers and even his teammates. I get it that Purdy Purdy won football games, but it, it, I think it's going to be a battle uh, this summer, and we'll see. Uh, Fantasy wise, Trey Lance has more upside because of the the rushing ability. Although he's dealing with a serious ankle injury that required two surgeries. So um, I already went nuts and did some hot takes on this pod enough. I won't go too crazy here, but there's a lot of hate with, with, with Trey Lance. And um, and I, it just seems unwarranted for a guy who's has uh, you take away the monsoon game. I believe he's got 8.4 YPA in the NFL. And oh, by the way, during that monsoon game, he recorded the most big time throws in the entire week in the NFL by PFF. And that same game, Justin Fields completed like 34% of his passes. Um, but people have not have seen enough and they've seemed to have written him off as a bust and, and a sell in Dynasty. But the kid's still super young and he's in an offense where Shanahan creates the most open. I mean, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant and he led the NFL in touchdown percentage this year. It's fine if Andy Barron's laughed when I made the Nick Mullins comparison that he has the second most passing <laughs> yards in 16 games ever in the Shanahan system, but that doesn't mean it's not a- applicable also. I mean, here we are in the best sis- the best situation you can be in the league and a young guy with this pedigree that the, the, this coach traded his entire draft for who can also run like crazy. Um, so I don't know, theoretically fantasy upside with Lance is, is basically, uh, as good as any in the league, but people, people are, don't want to have any part of them. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens at the quarterback position for the Niners. My theory on the whole Trey Lance thing. And I agree with you that I think people have written him off and, and I know it's hard because, and he, he said this too, like it's difficult because he's just had such a weird, like last two, three years of his career, right? Like he plays in college. Then he has the COVID season. Then he comes in and he's behind Jimmy Garoppolo all year. And then he obviously gets hurt last year and misses the the bulk of the season. I get that that's weird. And I I know that it's then kind of hard to be like, all right, well, I'm super optimistic about Trey Lance. But I think people are extra hard on Trey Lance. And I think this is just like this happens in NFL analysis and it happens in real life, too. It's almost like myth making. And again, that like self-fulfilling prophecy of like when they traded up for Trey Lance, you know, there was like a segment of NFL fans and and people observers and probably even 49ers fans like, what the hell are we doing? Like, we're a successful team with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, we're always in that. Like, we're in the NFC Championship. We're a contending team with Jimmy G. Like, why are we trading up for Trey Lance? And then when Trey Lance doesn't like immediately come in and light the world on fire and there's all these questions, I think people then like assume they write the answer then. Like, it's, again, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy that we expected this to be a stupid move because we were always there with Jimmy and now, like, Trey Lance hasn't bit, become that guy. So does, does that make sense? Like, I feel like people are just kind of, it's, again, they're making that myth themselves or they're they're making that self-fulfilling prophecy because of what Trey Lance has done. But look, if they're, 
Brock Purdy was a great story. I think Brock Purdy's a good player, but I don't think Trey Lance's teammates are out on him. I think they're, his teammates are still super supportive of him. Shanahan even said, like, we expect Trey Lance to be the quarterback and all that stuff. Like, I don't see any reason why I can't just be Trey Lance and then Brock Purdy's your backup plan next year when he's healthy. I sold him short 8.6 YPA outside of that monsoon. There was a crazy, right, Rich, Eisen in, crazy Rich Eisen interview recently um, where he gave him such a hard time. Go, go watch the Rich Eisen interview with Trey Lance. I mean, it is just bizarre. Um, guys like that. Joe Montana, Jeff Garcia, they're all coming out and, and calling for him to be the starter. But George Kittle has two and Bosa has two, which I get these he, one games. But no, Kittle has, has flat out said that Purdy is going to be the starter. He thinks next year he's the favorite. So um, I don't know. Obviously, as a Niners, fan what should i really care i've just come in this bizarre situation where i'm just defending lance purely because of all this crazy backlash and i've never seen a player covering sports just get some so much unnecessary criticism but um we'll see what happens maybe these two surgeries who knows he's so raw maybe he will be a total bust now it's, it's entirely possible what purdy did was very very impressive i mean you look at the tape like he was doing some reads and whatnot that yeah clearly he was already an upgrade over garoppolo good luck whoever gets garoppolo uh, by the way next year but um <laughs> But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Purdy and Lance shakes out. But this will probably not be the last uh, I have thoughts on on the situation. I still think what I would love to see is just, again, if these guys are both healthy, just 50-50 quarterback competition. Like, all right, if Brock Purdy's better than Trey Lance, like he can easily beat him out in training camp. If Trey Lance is the guy that he was expected to be when drafted, he should be able to easily beat Brock Purdy out in a training camp battle. So um, I, I think like that's that's what I'd like to see. But they're, the, both players' health, I think, is what is a complicating factor in this whole thing. All right. Buffalo Bills. Pretty simple question for me here. Um, what do they add to the wide receiver room beyond Stefan Diggs? This is a, a thing I harped on all year that despite the names, despite the draft pedigrees, and despite Dalton's enthusiasm for Gabe Davis, um, their receivers beyond Diggs were just not good enough. Uh, I definitely think they're a team to, to potentially add a guy in the late first round this year uh, in the draft with a wide receiver. Yeah, I try to make a joke, but uh, there isn't one here. Gabe Davis was not good. Uh, they need a second <laughs> receiver, no question. And I have seen Robinson mock to them late, the the the, the running back, which would be uh, probably an upgrade over James Cook and Singletary. But um, but yeah, 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 wide receiver too. They absolutely people been trying to get receiver. the Bills to draft the first round running back for like four know, years now. I know, and I would I love know. they do. By the way, they need to be a better run team, but I think some of that starts with the offensive line. Yeah, and I'm with, but I'm with you. A number two receiver, they desperately need. I'm with. I will not even even fake an argument with you for for my guy Gabe. Next one up here, another team that I think is pretty well set up. Philadelphia Eagles. They lose the Super Bowl, but they're bringing Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts. Like those guys are all going to be back. Um, they might lose Jason Kelsey to retirement, but for the most part, their offensive line should be intact. It's really the only question is who's going to play running back for this team. Miles Sanders is a free agent. He's a PA guy. Born in Pittsburgh, uh, went to Penn State. Maybe he takes a team-friendly deal to stay with the Eagles, but he could also be moving on. And in that case, we are we going to get Kenny Gainwell and like a rookie uh, that we would all be probably really excited about for the Eagles as a, as a rookie back? Yeah, the running back situation to pay attention to. Uh, A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith? Whom are you ranking higher? I bet there'll be a lot of back-to-back -back, uh, yep. ranks on their board there. That's a I'll be doing. I, let me tell you now. Let me tell you. I'll be doing the hedge ranking for sure. Uh, we're like five, six and seven. Pencil it in. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith next year for me. I'm, I'll be doing the head ranking. 
Love it. Okay, I have him back to back too right now. Devonte one spot ahead, but am I just trying to be different? He's so small, maybe. But they're both uh, AJ Brown's yeah, been yeah. injured too. They're both it's both beasts. Studs. Both beasts. No r- studs, wrong answer yeah. there. Um, and then Jalen Hurts. I don't know if this is uh, crazy, but I, I have him comfortably as my number one QB moving forward. I think I'm right. thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking about know. this, and he. It's been three straight years where he's ended the year injured. It's part of the reason why I've been on him. It was underreported two years ago uh, when he had this hamstring injury, and then last year it was an ankle, and now the shoulder. Now you could argue that well, he's always injured it's going to be injured again but boy it would also be fun to watch him stay healthy a full season and just game script this guy ranked i believe 33rd among quarterbacks and like dropbacks per second half of games when trailing i mean they just had this game script where he wasn't required at all in the second half of games and for fantasy that that sucked you know he's putting up these monster yeah. games and they didn't do anything in the second half so with his running ability and the fact that i mean why are you going to rank josh you're going to rank josh allen ahead of hertz and then you're going to go to your pass catcher rankings and you're going to have digs and like no one else even close we're ranking uh, brown and devonta smith as top 10 receivers and goddard's going to be a top four tight end so and the fact they might change that rule where hertz you know they just push him on those yeah, one but, yard yeah. runs but otherwise man he's he's the beast he's my he's my number one fan to see QB next year hurts. He was I awesome Mahomes, in the Super Bowl, man. So good. Yeah, so good. I had him was, before his performance, but so good. He was incredible. I think I'll have Mahomes as QB one just because we've seen we saw him be from a points per game perspective just as good as Jalen Hurts last year. Scott and I talked about this on the Super Bowl recap, but uh, I think I'll have Mahomes as, as QB one. But yeah, I mean, look, I have no problem if you want to put Jalen Hurts there too. It's it's splitting hairs. Two great players, and obviously, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles ecosystem is pretty awesome. I mean, shout out to Jalen Hurts, man. What a what a game. What a season. I just love the continued, like, proving doubters wrong and improving every single season. One final Eagles thought, if you take away that non-catch Devontae Smith against the Niners in the conference championship game, the Niners had 3.6 yards per play. The Eagles had 3.4 yards per play. Niners had more yards per play in a game where they didn't have a quarterback who could attempt a forward pass in the whole second, the whole final three quarter. I mean, Purdy went down the first quarter. I mean, the first uh, drive even, too. So, wow, is that a frustrating way to lose the season. Yeah, uh, all you have to do is listen to literally any 49ers player, uh, and you can tell they're still pretty <laughs> salty about it. So, yeah. yeah I haven't, haven't heard. Did they have thoughts? Did they have yeah, thoughts? A few, uh, a few of them had a few thoughts about the Eagles, but I guess they ended up being right. Um, you know, Ayuk said he would bet everything he had on the Kansas City Chiefs, and I guess he ended up winning that bet. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, all right, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, they are our next and final team here. My question for them is, do they need to add dudes at the skill position spot. Um, I think they certainly will, but and I'm not just talking about wide receiver, right? Because they could get out of MBS's contract. Juju is definitely a guy who could be moving on uh, in free agency, could price himself out of what they're looking for. But, you know, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, they definitely need to add somebody there because um, those guys are right at this point proven more to be like gadgety players. Maybe Sky Moore takes another step, but I think Tony is mostly just a gadget guy. Not like a legit wide receiver. And then in the backfield, too, has Pacheco done enough at this point to prove that he is just like the the lead dog here for this team? Do they bring McKinnon back on a team-friendly deal? They have to think about life after Travis Kelsey uh, at some point, right? So did the Chiefs like need absolutely need to make like big moves at the skill position uh, spots? Or can they just add complementary wide receivers and let Pacheco run things in the backfield? It's scary if they do add someone because they don't need to do anything. I mean, the Chiefs just had the most yards per play this season after losing Tyreek Hill. Uh, you want a crazy stat since in 2018 and taking over a starter. Mahomes is 14 and 10 in games trailing by double digits. I think this was before the Super Bowl, maybe even 15 and 10, maybe. Uh, anyway, all of the quarterbacks have a 16 percent winning percentage. There are 192 and 1000 losses. 
I mean, it's just, he's just a, a different dude and it doesn't matter who he's throwing to Kelsey at 40 years old, uh, whatever, but MVS even, but, um, I think they are going to address uh, a receiver position. I don't think Sky Moore is that dude. Tony, you cannot rely on him to stay healthy yeah. for a full season. I think they are going to bring in a guy and I think Mahomes. I mean, I'm with you that his uh, he's the safest bet as the fantasy QB next year because, you know, injury. I mean, the guy, what he did, if he really was playing through a high ankle sprain, that was uh, truly remarkable. He is uh, quite clearly, the, o- the only argument now is, you know, Mahomes versus Brady as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Mahomes is just like, I, I, I feel like I sang his praises enough uh, on the post-Super Bowl show that I probably don't need to do it again. But my God, I mean, he's just on like a historic track at this point. And what he did this year with that cast of characters at wide receiver is just so, so impressive. So yeah, it would be it would be crazy if they made like a big move. But um, I think they probably just like draft, like keep drafting and developing guys at the wide receiver position. And, you know, if, if you get one to be like a, a hit, then we're really flying there. I don't think they necessarily need to like make some kind of big crazy move. So um, Dalton, that was a big crazy podcast here uh, on February 15th, uh, you know, a couple days after the Super Bowl uh, before the NFL combine, we haven't even had all the offensive coordinator gigs settled and we went through every single team. Shout out to us. Yeah. Good times. Thanks for letting me get a few things off my chest. Appreciate it, man. And good, good stuff during Super Bowl week and all that, man. Really good stuff. <laughs> You clearly needed to get a few things off your chest, so I'm glad uh, that we gave you the platform to do it. Anytime, Dalton, you want to come on this podcast and and get things off your chest, you just let me know, and uh, you've got you got free reign, buddy, always here on this show. All right, for you people out there, that's going to do it for us. If you don't already, make sure you're following us both on Twitter. Dalton, at Dalton Del Don, he's dipping his toes in the Twitter water a little bit. He's you know freaking out about Kyle Shanahan and stuff scaring his family, getting there on Twitter, the whole thing. So make sure you're tuning in there. Uh, I'm also at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can follow me there. While you're on Twitter, it's probably a good time to follow at Yahoo Fantasy as well, especially if you like basketball and all those other sports that uh, I don't care about. But, you know, they can tweet about them as well. I'll be back next week with someone talking about something. Don't really know yet. We got to plan that. We're not a forward-thinking podcast pretty clearly, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get whatever that episode is going to be. Until then, we're out.